You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey everybody, welcome back. It's good to have you. And I'm super glad you're listening right now so that I can tell you about Gun Street Wiring Shop. Gun Street Wiring Shop, if you've been listening for a while, you've heard they've been, uh, they've been sponsoring this podcast for a good bit now. Um, Sean and the team over at Gun Street make the finest guitar wiring harnesses on the market, and they will make them to your specifications. Even made a custom one here a few weeks ago for my good friend, Mr. Justin Porter, they made a, a custom harness for his Schecter Ultra 3. It uh, it turned out fabulous. And so, yeah, if you need it, they can help you with it. But they got classic uh, Telecaster wiring, um, Strat, you know, all that good stuff. They, their roots are in Fender, but they're not stuck there, and they are definitely down to explore uh, any project that you might have up your sleeve. So make sure to check out GunStreetWiringShop.com for all your guitar wiring needs. This episode is also brought to you by the wonderful folks over at Sinusoid. If you need a cable, let's be honest, there isn't a single one of us who doesn't need a cable of some sort, whether it be a, a lead from your guitar to your pedal board or, or a patch cable, but there's a good chance you even need like an aux cable for your car. They make those too. You want to plug your phone in, you want to get the clearest signal you can, you don't want to use that Bluetooth junk, there's probably an aux in there. And they make a cable just for that. Well, for those of us dinosaurs like me that still have headphone jacks on their phones. I know, it's crazy, right? But yes, Sinusoid can hook you up with the finest cables in the industry, and they all carry a 100-year warranty. So, like I said, unless you're some sort of undead or like maybe like a mystical creature of some sort, these cables are going to last your lifetime. They guarantee it. So go to sinusoid.com, check them out, and treat yourself. And one last quick thing I wanted to remind you guys about the Tone Mob Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash tonemob, there's a whole bunch of extra content available for you at just $5 extra per month. So $5 per month, you're going to get at least one extra extended episode every week. And in the case of this week, you're actually getting two extra episodes. So we got one, we got an extended version of this interview with Ryan from Yellowcake. And then two, we had a special guest drop by the Shred Shed. It's Kyle McIntyre from the Tone Jerks podcast. And him and Jess and I hung out and we talked about hot dogs and guitars and all kinds of different things. So there's a double whammy over on Patreon this week for those $5 and up subscribers. Um, so again, that's patreon.com slash tone mob. You can check it out. You can check out the different levels and anything, even just checking it out is really, really appreciated. It helps support the show, helps keep this thing going. So I really appreciate anybody checking that out. And without further ado, on with the show. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have Ryan McKay of Yellow Cake Pedals. For this is the first time this has happened. This is the third appearance Ryan has made on the podcast. Hi, everybody listening, and Blake, of course. I Okay, so I was thinking about this when we talked about it earlier. Are you sure it's... The third time, I'm trying to think back. The first time was 2015, and then we did another one. We might have even done we might have even done another one in 2015 or early 2016. But you've definitely been on twice. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's. Am I the third one? Really? That can't be right. Yeah. But that's I'm right, a, man. Okay. I, I. Well, I can't be right. It can't be right that I'm the first first one to do three podcasts. <laughs> You're the first one to do three Tone Mob episodes. Oh, do I get a no prize? I don't know. <laughs> I, feel, I don't know. Well, I guess can Mar- you a pizza. Marvel fans, Mar- old Marvel fans, comic nerds would know to know for oh, a pizza, even better. <laughs> I am a comic fan, and for some reason, that's not ringing a bell to me. Um, back when I was a kid, they would have the letter columns and the and uh, all the comic books, and anytime somebody would pick out something wrong or they thought was off or an error or something in, in that issue, they would write in and, you know, back before computers and all that kind of stuff. And they would say like, am I right? Do I get a no prize? And sometimes your letter would get posted. And then sometimes you would just like wait six months and you would get a no prize. And I didn't know what a no prize was. I did, you know, there weren't forms back then. There weren't any, wasn't anything like, you know, I, I just wasn't picking up on it because I was a kid. I was just like, what's a no prize? I mean, it's got to be, you know. And so like, it's just thin envelope. It was cruel and funny. And it's this thin envelope, like like what you would get a paste of in, you know. And mm-hmm. like you just peel off the top and open it up. And it's just like, this is your no prize. It's printed. I'm just like, just, just, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys are funny. You know what I mean? That's like, actually kind of kind of awesome. Oh, it is. And I was just like, well, you know, I'm one of probably thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people in the in the in the 80s that got a no prize. So. So there you go. That's great. What do you um, remember what you called out? Uh, I don't remember which comic book it was oh. at the time. Oh, man, I would love to know that. I've um, got to, I, got I can't cool honestly, thing. I don't think oh. they printed the the let if they did print the letter i might have missed it but if they did it could have been a, it could have been something that a lot of people called out so they just sent everybody a no prize and then they just picked the letter and printed it you know what i mean but i can't remember what oh, it was yeah, by yeah and that so that makes sense I, mean, I didn't even think about that yeah i mean obviously i don't think i was the only person that that spotted whatever the error or misnomer or whatever was going on in that particular issue but you know i mean like i sent the letter off and oh my god i don't know how long it had to have been like six months and i completely forgot about it and it was like get this thing in the mail from marvel i'm like oh, what is this and i you know remember it like oh my no prize and yep that's exactly what it is <laughs> that's no wonderful. prize it's like congratulations you get nothing <laughs> congratulations yes you are a giant nerd yeah. Um, did you speaking? Did did you are you a fan of the Marvel movies at all? Oh, definitely, definitely. I'm not as so, up on them as I used to be, but I am a big fan of all that stuff. 
Okay, so I wasn't sure. I'm not sure if you caught up to like Infinity War or anything like that. I just watched Infinity War recently. I already knew what was going to happen because I already knew. I knew. I didn't know how they were going to implement it, but I I already knew what the Infinity War premise right. was. And right. hey, uh, for everybody listening, if you haven't seen this yet, I mean, turn it off because this is this is your spoiler alert right now. This is your spoiler alert. You're just going to have to skip ahead. I, I think bit. it's been out long enough. It's really hard not to know. Um, I, I'm very, same- very like unless somebody like directly spoils something for me, I am really fascinatingly good at avoiding spoilers for the most part right. on things that right. I care about. Well, I don't want people not uh, to listen to this podcast, so I don't want them to turn it off. They'll well, turn they it can- off and then they'll. They're not going to watch the movie. They'll watch like three years later. Like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That was that podcast. Is it still available? On, you know, we'll just lose a bunch of you. We're not going to go any further. We're just going to say we're not going to go any further. Know. I really want to go in further. But the, I mean, do you agree? Do you agree or disagree with just the way that because there's all these Marvel storylines in the Marvel universe that they have thus far done a really, really good job to make it. A good movie, a good storyline, and handle everything as best as they could and develop characters. I mean, this is an arc that started, like, you know, with the first Iron Man. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I think they've done a fantastic job with it uh, on the whole. I really do. And then there's DC I, that I just drops perfect, the ball. But... The, no, it's not perfect, but DC drops the ball constantly, which is sad. You know? I'm so, like... Well, see, what's so weird about DC and with their movies and their universe is like when they get it, they really get it. You know what I mean? Like when they get a good Batman, like they get the Dark Knight trilogy. It's like, oh, yeah, this. But that but that doesn't operate in the in the DC universe of the other superheroes. I mean, I guess it it could have it it just it's more of like it's definitely more of a believable. It's not so far out of left field superhero type stuff. I did like Ben yeah. Affleck as the Batman. I mean, I felt like his character needed to get developed more, but I mean, I liked him. I just thought uh, everything else was just they were trying to do they were trying to do what Marvel did in like three movies, two movies to, to try to bring everything together and it just doesn't work that way. I don't think. Yeah, and it's it's upsetting because uh I thought despite what critics would say, I thought Man of Steel was excellent on the whole. Uh and I didn't really that's I the only one. The one, the one thing I hated about it is I thought that like the gratuitous, um, it wasn't violence as much as like the gratuitous destruction I thought was just way too over the top. And I, I don't think just, so because I, I don't think so because I think if that was if let's pretend that was really happening, that's what it would be like. Yeah, you know, would, like I guess Iron, if, there's, if Superman's fighting Superman, he's not going to punch him and he's going to fall over. He's going to punch him and he's going to fly well, then, through everything. Try to put him in a headlock. You can fly at least 50 miles outside of town in like five seconds and have it out in the middle of a cornfield or wherever the hell ever where there's nobody going to be, you know. <laughs> but it's kind of it's kind of one of those things, though, like, well, yeah, they could do that. But is Zod going to want to do that? Zod's going to want to duke it out like where he doesn't care. Right. You know I mean, well, so I guess he's going to try to keep. Yeah. If you think about the it, first Avengers movie, okay, which I will spoil because if you haven't seen that, I mean, fun. Yeah, and, that's you fair. Know, that's fair game. But like, I mean, they did. 
there was a lot of destruction in New York City, but it wasn't like the whole city was decimated to like nothing. And there were like huge buildings falling on everybody. They just did it in a more of a way that to kind of keep you into the like that more of like fantasy of the comic. Yeah, book. but even that was a little different because like, like uh, when like I'm saying like you you know Z- Jod, uh, General Zod is essentially Superman as far as his powers are concerned. Oh, and absolutely. so like you got you're basically Superman versus Superman at this point. And the problem with Superman as a superhero, I know he's like the OG and everything. But which is why he's never going to be as interesting as some of the other superheroes, in my opinion, is because he's too powerful. He well, has too many, you know, he also doesn't have like the type of brooding darkness that some of them have. And I don't know. He's he's not as deep of a character, possibly. He should be, though. It's just when he because like his story is kind of fascinating. But like, I wonder why it's not as interesting most of the time as like Batman. I, Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like it just kind of pushed everything out there and it they just didn't. I don't know. It was just it was just it's it's unfortunate. And the doomsday you know character, really, could have been done, the doomsday character could have been done so much better, too. I think I would agree with you on that, but I don't think it was bad. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't just, know. I'm only going to give it a couple more minutes of, of comic book talk. Okay, no more comic <laughs> books. I'm not trying to go like I know that you when I was listening to the Ryan Burke podcast, you guys were all over the map. So I'm not trying to be that way. <laughs> at least I gave fair warning. Like I was like, we didn't talk about guitars at all. Not uh, really. No, we, <laughs> we you got, really he tried did to get you the... into politics and you were like, no, which I kind of probably with you right there. I just don't like to get into that. Rome no, things. I don't want to get into that. No. no, Ryan wants me to say something dumb that will get me like somebody will take that sound bite and make it sound like I said something awful. You know, like well, that's, that's what not Ryan very wants. nice. Ryan's not that kind <laughs> of man guy. Loves, the man loves controversy. He loves Doesn't it. He really? I mean, I like Ryan. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. And I think I'm, he's awesome, too, but he likes controversy a lot more than I do. And congrats to Ryan because he just had his second child recently. He did. It's wonderful. All right. So what's next? What are we? What's up? <laughs> Go ahead. So, me. so yellow cake petals. So, uh, yeah, it's, it was more of a coincidence than anything. Um, but I, I last night, like I was like, I was playing, you know, out in the shred shed as I do. And I went, oh, yeah, I want to play. What do I want to play? I haven't played with this for a little bit. And I was like, hmm. And uh, I busted out the furry and fried. And I don't know if it's because I'd been texting you or what. I didn't intentionally do it to talk about it on this podcast. But I uh-huh. I did I did bust out the furry and fried last night, and I found out how much that thing likes to be played with a baritone. Really, it really likes to be played with a baritone. Oh yeah, big That's time. That's rad. I see. I don't own a baritone, so um, I, I mean, you have but, a bass. Uh, I do now. I did. I I do have. Um, I do know of bass players that use the furry burrito that love it. Um. Like one in particular, for sure, that stands out, Matt Strong from um, Space Face. If anybody is familiar with Space Face, kind of like that uh, bit of, has kind of like a psychedelic um, vibe, kind of, I don't really know how to describe them. They're just like kind of more of like a psychedelic rock, and they're really fun. And actually, the lead singer for um, Jake from uh, Space Face is also 
one of the touring guitar players for the Flaming Lips. So, oh, okay, and, gotcha. And I'm not sure if I haven't talked to Matt in a while, but I'm not sure if Matt still does backline for Flaming Lips when they're touring. He does like some roadie work and stuff, and then um, Flame uh, Space Face is is kind of on the side when they're not touring with the Flaming Lips or whatever. When Jake Engels isn't touring with the Flaming Lips, but like, um, yeah, so he really loves it, and he's used it on a couple of their recordings, if not all of their last record, which I'm not sure. I know they've dropped a couple singles here and there since in the last like couple months. And I still have yet to check them out, but like, yeah, uh, I love it on bass. Your mom on bass is great too. So, I mean, when you get down, especially when you starve it, it just gets a little bit more, which, you know, but that's just me. Splatty or, you know, whatever. Well, splatty, just a little bit more. In some ways, it kind of feels to me like, especially on your mom, it tightens up a little bit. You know what I mean? Because then okay. it kind of, you can kind of get that gated type, whatever, uh, kind of fuzz. Right, just, right. You know, so it's kind of like, boom, 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 you know, kind of, I'm totally doing it wrong too, but you know, whatever. It's fine. It's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I was running the, I was running the furry and fried and I had both circuits on and I ran the furry burrito into the fried gold, mm -hmm. which is a little different than how I would normally do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I was kind of using it not really as like this hyper aggressive thing, but more like just adding some texture to some 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 cord work. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, this is it right here. This is this sounds really good. Um, Thank you. And so. So I, I I was really liking what I had going on there, and I I had never played the fried gold until I got that one. Um, I I obviously have had a furry burrito regular one for years, um, mm -hmm. and I was really really excited about the fried gold. And I think I think Ryan and I talked about it. Speaking of sixty cycle, Ryan, I think you I think guys, think about you guys did because he did a demo. He did a demo of it, and he he really liked it. He was actually he was definitely taken with the fried gold which was really nice and to hear. Yeah, me too. Uh, um, it's kind of funny. I think he liked the fried gold more than he liked the furry burrito because of just like the unexpected, like um, characteristics that he wasn't expecting to get. And um, it's a, it's a unique sounding drive circuit to me as, you know, as unique as drives can get, you know, it's hard to make them too different until they don't sound very good. <laughs> but like this one has a, a unique flavor and sounds good. So, yeah, I'm, and that like was Frank. the whole that was the whole idea because to me, I consider it more like when you totally crank up the volume and gain it just as that as a standalone. It kind of always, and I've said this before, kind of um, likens itself to me is kind of like a garage rock type pedal where you just almost kind of crank your amp up and and kind of just kind of sort of get a tad distorted, blown out a little bit, but not really. And you know, depending on what your guitar pickup configuration is. So yeah, but it doesn't some, sometimes certain amps like smaller vintage amps sound really great like that, but sometimes they feel a little flabby and and right. weird. Right. Um and I was, and it doesn't do Right. And I don't know, I I was just going by that, like I was going by using cuz I was using a um an early 70s Fender Twin when I was testing that one going through the motions and stuff with that one before it was released. And so I kind of just see. got something more out of that like what you know i mean there are i guess i think with stuff certain pedals and stuff you could probably drive yourself crazy 
and if you have like a fleet of amps to test them on because they're always going to sound a bit different and some are going to sound better on than others some pedals whether it be something i have or anybody else's that it's out there so i mean and then it's also like you know always subjective what a person what a person wants what a person thinks they want and what they what they hear and then also there's always that um you know what um they either hear about or what you know the guitar shop guy puts in front of them you know and then you know just a lot of that out there which is i think that's just what part of it what makes it all very special anyway so it's a different it's different time for pedals than than it was i think um when i first started and definitely what it was you know 10 15 years ago i mean it's just a lot of people are building pedals now and i thought it's it's become a it's become a really challenging thing to it it's always been not always I think in the earlier days, and I think anybody you you talk to in this business will say the same thing. In the earlier days, it was a bit easier just to get off the ground and get running, um, and actually have have something you know have some uh, cut through the noise a little bit. And right. so, in some ways, you started like at a really good time because you were right at the tail end of that even being doable. Now, if you don't come out with something that really grabs people's attention you're like screaming into the wind type of situation just because well, there's if you so don't, many. And it, exactly. If you don't have something that's screaming to get people's attention or you're starting or unless you're starting like with like willing to spend, you know, a large sum of money from the get go um, on like demos, mass marketing and, maybe having connections to being able to get in a certain player's hands that are going to give you exposure and stuff, then yeah, you are definitely screaming into the wind, but there's still a lot of people out. I mean, like, like I was been doing this just a tad longer than B Tronics and he is just a monster. Do you know what I mean? But like, he's definitely, he's gone all in to do this. Nothing. I don't think he does anything else, but this full time, like, and I think he's got a huge, and he lives, they, they live out in LA, I think. And they've got, and their pedals are rad and they just got this huge marketing um, juggernaut. And he's also got, I think he comes from, I don't know, but I think he comes from some sort of background having connections within that industry, within the, within the music industry. You know, I'm not, I'm not jealous of that. It's like, hats off, man. That's awesome. Just do your thing, man. That's great. I mean, you know, I'm freaking Ala freaking Bama. <laughs> <laughs> you killed a good old boy. This ain't no way this is going to trial. You know, from like my cousin Vinny. I mean, that's, you know, that's just that's just the nature of everything and that's just where I'm at and that's fine. I've got my thing. And then you know. too. They 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 didn't, you know, they had to figure out an angle, right? Like they exactly. look very unique. It's very attention grabbing. Like yes. they they knew they couldn't just come out with another box. They had to do something. And they did right. a good job. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Their pedals are great. And the Royal Jelly just knocked it out of the park. It just totally set itself apart from everything else. Mm -hmm. You know, and the other stuff they've done before that. I mean, good stuff. Absolutely. I haven't played it, but I mean, I've heard enough clips. Huh? What are you playing the drums over there? What's going on? Oh, my gosh. Is it just like I'm just like barely like pouring liquid 
into a contained man this is this is really sensitive stuff guys this is ringer <laughs> well and there's also it's, this uh, other thing that has happened i've got this apparently stink bug season i don't know if you guys have stink bugs in portland oh yeah and um they are crazy all over the place this year like i'm getting them i'm like working on my bench and then uh all of a sudden there's this stink bug just crawling across a piece of paper that I've got because I've got some stuff written down that I'm looking at. And you're by your, and I'm by myself, obviously, but I'm just like, whoa, whoa, you know, just like totally, just like comes out <laughs> of nowhere, freaking out like a man, you know, sound like a crazy person. I can't imagine like, you know, if I, my kids were here or something and they would be like, what's going on, dad? You know, and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, you know, just all of a sudden just shows up. Just hanging out, you know, just walking, right? Passing through, you know, <laughs> just creeping me time. out, just creeping me out, you know. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for mm -hmm. that. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I want to talk about like one of your pedals though. That that I want to talk about one of your pedals real quick. Okay, yes, I don't please. Really, I'm sorry, we keep we keep I, going off on tangents, and I apologize. It's gonna happen. It's just what happens. Um. But I wanted to know, like, because we never really talked, like, we talked about the furry burrito, we talked about the fried gold, we talked about your mom, we talked about all those ones, uh, and, like, but we didn't ever really talk about the, I don't know if you say Lita or Lida machine. Lida machine. No, we out. never did it. We never did any, we never got a chance to connect and talk about that when it came out last summer. So tell me all about that. I played it, but tell me exactly what you got going on there. Yeah, you did. You played it, um... Uh, Winter Nam. Yeah, you did. You did. You came by and played it when I was there at the Pure Salem Guitar booth. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that is a low-pass voltage control filter. You can power it on 9 or 12 volts. Um, and um, it's got two LFOs, triangle. Uh, I'm just going to look at it to re-familiarize myself. That's right here. Yeah. And... Uh, the right side is always on, but you can always just turn the depth off and just totally take it out of the circuit. And, you know, voltage control filter or resonant filter, it's got the frequency and resonance. And then the left side is a, another LFO, triangle-based LFO that you can turn on and off with the extra foot switch. And um, it's got the... Um, <clears throat> uh, Sorry, I don't mean three to, to sidetrack, but what... I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar. What you mean when you say a triangle? Oh, LFO. LFO. It's just like a triangle. It's a triangle waveform. Like basically, like if you're oh, thinking, okay. yeah, LF, low frequency oscillator. I'm sorry. I just whatever. And it's triangle. It's a triangle shape. There's like you know you have your all sorts of different waveform shapes. There's square and reverse and sawtooth and ramp and all that kind of stuff. Um, the second LFO that's switchable on and off has got the same settings like rate and depth to take it, you know, basically take the amount of intensity of that, that wave into the, um, mix. And it's also a triangle, but it's also got a up toggle for like a ramp and down toggle for sawtooth, unless I've got that backwards. <laughs> and um which i probably do you know 
it's Wednesday. Like I said, I think I said that earlier. And, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's ramp on the top and sawtooth on the, on the bottom. I do believe, or yes, no, whatever. Anyways. (laughs) Or the other way around. Actually, you can actually play, play, play one and then just, um, play one and then just like send me a text or an email or a message through Instagram and be like, no, it's this. And it's just like, that's right. I know I was, I told you it was Wednesday. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and then, uh, it's got a clean mix to, to, to just bring in a clean signal and that's pretty much it. It's, and it's got a CV, uh, an expression out for the expression pedal of the frequency. And, um, a um cvn if you want to bring in some other crazy stuff um that was an extremely that was definitely a pedal that i'm i will always look at and be like that was the one that that's wow i was like super happy with the way everything turned out the knobs demo that was done back in december of last year was just was huge, very helpful, very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. And it's a very pop, it's become very popular or it's probably definitely probably my best selling or my most popular out of everything, which is fine. I mean, like I'm not, you know, not mad once one iota. I just, I want to be able to do more stuff like that, which is kind of what I'm working on. So, but uh, yeah, Ooh. it's all, it's all, it's all positive, negative voltage that kind of thing kind of more of like it doesn't get synthy but it's like really fun when you add you know um fuzz overdrive distortion just brings it out even more so for sure for sure i was playing with it with a ton of fuzz when i was playing it so yeah it gets really crazy i mean it just adds that extra it just yeah it's super fun and like i'll still find settings on it and stuff that i that i'm like wow i mean the the premier guitar people loved it. Uh, they did a great write up on it uh, back in I think March or April issue, and um, yeah, I'm super proud of it. Super, super proud of it. It definitely made me feel like, oh wow, this is. I can't believe that people really like this one. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't don't know how to to judge all of uh, all of that, but like, if people really like it, and I've been getting lots of feedback. And still lots of questions from from people about it, too. Uh, emails from people like, hey, I own one. And I was like, well, if you just, you know, they want to, you know, because I didn't put a manual in, which I, was probably my fault, obviously. So, you know. <laughs> and they'll be like, well, when you decided that, was it a Wednesday? And I'm like, I'll probably be like, yeah, probably. Probably was. It, really, it was Wednesday. It was, yeah, it was probably week, Wednesday when I decided not to do the manual. I was like, no, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> But yeah, so the nice. the the uh, well the you know the knobs demo was super um, informative and super helpful. So and I'm always really bad about explaining stuff, and I know that sounds weird. It's like, well, it's your product; you should know exactly how it works. I was like, well, I do, but then like you know, sometimes just like verbally saying something. I don't know if you ever have that problem about stuff or not. Um, not terribly. Some things are, some things can be difficult to explain, but that's kind of my job. So, right. Your job is figure it out. Right. And so like, there's certain things I can explain perfectly. Like when I said LFO or triangle waveform, you're like, huh, what? And I was like, oh, that's right. I have to, you see what I'm saying? Cause I'm so used to like 
just that. And I know that doesn't help me come off in a good way. <laughs> so yes. with that in mind, I'm going to ask you to explain something. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, so, uh, and this is, this is possibly dangerous information, but it's information that I should know since I've been, I, for years and I still haven't done it and I probably shouldn't do it. My wallet would say I shouldn't do it, but I really look at, I've been eyeballing, uh, Euro rack and modular synthesizers for a while. Right. And I know that control voltage is a big deal with those yeah. things, but yeah. I don't know actually what it, I don't know exactly what it does or how it works. So maybe you can explain that to me. So um, basically any control voltage module, like the Eurorack stuff um, you've seen, uh, well, Adventure Audio has has CV inputs and outputs on, I think the Dream, the Outer Rings or the Dream Reaper. Can't remember I which I think one. the Outer Rings. Okay. Rings. Yeah. And um and Dwarfcraft has some of those. And typically most of your CV ins and CV outs, which is either sending a signal out from that rack or it will take and accept a signal in to that rack or pedal. Typically most of them are eighth inch jacks, which they started, I noticed that those guys were using. So they can so, they, so you don't have to mess with buying an adapter. I'm going to take the long way around, Doctor Who style. Um, so you have to buy an adapter to convert your, like, quarter inch to eighth inch, which I obviously didn't do. So there is that. Um, but um, control voltage stuff is way different than your typical um, overdrive, modular, whatever. Uh, I know that uh, there's some CV stuff, ins and outs on at least ins on um uh chase bliss stuff um and um basically it is is for anything that's based on control voltage where voltage is what controls like your settings on your whatever your modular does like so you're familiar enough with like modular stuff euro rack stuff to know what some of it is is that correct yeah, some of it. Okay, so like pick out something. Uh, something I don't that, know, like a just like a, a a simple filter of some sort. Okay, well, what that the filter probably, is probably a filter the way. a filter or VCA will take in will typically take in your um weird crazy LFO stuff, your VCOs possibly, your um Oh gosh, uh, ADSRs, attack, decay, release, kind of like envelope filter type stuff. Um, okay. Weird sequencer type stuff. Like if you look at the knobs video, he used uh, a sequencer to to shoot in that signal into that filter to bring that out into your out of your what was the light of machine? What is the light of machine? So basically, okay. anything like. Any of your modular, any of your modulated control voltage zero racks that are doing something like that would send out. You have a send in if you want to add something extra to it, I suppose, and if you have a send out that goes into something else. Eventually, it all ends up into probably either a VCF and then out to wherever to to go out to your main audio or a VCF into a VCA to get a little extra boost and then out. So for some of the listeners, what are those acronyms? 
Uh, VCF is a voltage control filter, which is what the lighting machine, and a VCA is essentially just a voltage control amplifier, which is, I, in, in my definition, basically just a boost. There's no frequency, there's no resonance, there's no sweeping of anything. It's just basically amplifying your signal to send out. Okay, gotcha. Does that make does that make sense? It it does. I it does. So basically it's just an it's the it's sort of like the expression control of the modular synth world. Yeah. More um, or less. What is it like? Is it, is it a standard voltage? Like I mean I know it's obviously sweeping, but does it like go like the limit is zero and the maximum is what? Well it doesn't have to be. I mean like typically the stuff that's flowing through is zero to five volts. And some okay. of the stuff. Gotcha. And um, even if you're running at a higher voltage, like you're powering that circuit at a higher voltage, it may fluctuate a little bit. Typically, most of the synth world, uh, modular world, runs between 10, 12, and 15 volts. You can pull some stuff off and be fine with 9 volts. But like right. the way their the mod, the Eurorack stuff is set up is completely different as far as the way the, the power structure, as far as like how you're plugging it in. You're not just plugging it into an adapter um, per se, the way that it's plugged, you know, because they have these kits and everything is kind of done with these big plugs that they plug in. And it's some of that stuff I'm not really familiar with because I've not messed with that. I've just more just like studied the the overall workings of like, I know how to get 12 volts or 15 volts or nine volts. I don't think about that side of it. So I just kind of put that out of my brain. I'm just like studying like how the rest of it works. I, I was more talking about, and maybe you answered it and I was confused. Like I was more talking about the, you know, like, Oh, with the voltage. Is, yeah. Is, so like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what so is like the control I'm, voltage? If I'm like, if I'm like saying my um, frequency knob, okay. The frequency knob operates at, a sweep of, um, let's say if I have a 10K knob and the third, the third leg is at positive voltage. The middle leg, which is your out, is at just nothing because it's just your signal out. Um, and your pot and your one leg, the one leg, which is on the other side, is at negative voltage. So basically, you're adjusting that voltage when you're sweeping that knob. And that, the way I've always understood it in my own terms, um, is what adjusts your frequency of, like, the VCF, for instance. Okay, okay. But when you're using something else to control it, so, like, in the instance of, say, you got a sequencer that's plugged into the LIDA machine right. via control voltage. Right. Um, like, the sequencer is what's actually controlling the filters in the LIDA machine, but there's not a predefined range where, like, okay, the sequencer is going to sweep from zero volts to five volts, and that's what determines, quote-unquote, the pot position on the... On the um, filter, or maybe I'm confused. No, the pot the pot filter is just always going to be this. Like if you have it set at like eleven o'clock, and whatever your pitch is from that frequency is that. That's completely different than what's coming in. You just adjust the frequency of what's coming in 
whatever it is, as long as it's a control voltage based circuit. Mm, and so, so yeah, so it controls the frequency of what you're getting in, right? Just as I'm controlling the frequency of whatever LFOs that are already in that circuit, but it doesn't matter, you know, what that frequency. That's yeah. This is probably going to have to get edited. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm totally messing this up. Okay, so so I want to get to the I want to get to the bottom of this, and I'm okay. sure there are some other people that that do too. So I'm because I'm not sure if I'm misunderstanding you or not, but like what I what I'm, I'm imagining, not I'm not is, explaining it correctly. Because <laughs> what, what I'm imagining, is, let, let's throw all that out for 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 a moment. So I'm right. I'm imagining that let's use the light machine for example. It has it has expression in too, right? Yeah, basically all that does and what is. Does, by- all that does is bypass your frequency pot and your frequency pot is now in your foot pedal expression in your, in your panel. Okay. Yeah. And so, and so the frequency pot is controlled by the expression pedal. Yeah. If you put, when, when you plug it in. Okay. Cause it's a, okay. it's a, Remove it's a simple. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think everybody understand. Oh, most of the listeners of this podcast understand that, the expression controls basically on different pedals. You can plug in the expression pedal and right. somehow on that pedal, you, it will either control one thing or multiple things. And you can usually adjust it to control whatever the designer has let you control with expression. Right. Um, so I, now if I'm understanding the purpose of con- control voltage, right, let's throw the expression pedal in the garbage. It doesn't exist anymore, but the light machine is still there. Now mm. you are using, now you plug in, a control voltage source and that a modulating modulating control voltage source. Right. And that is now controlling the, in this case, the frequency knob basically. Is that, is that accurate? No, it's not. It's not controlling the frequency knob. You're controlling whatever's coming in with the frequency knob. Like, (laughs) let's say you've got like both LFOs running. Okay. And they're running at different rates The both. Let's say tremolo type sounds running at different rates and you are controlling that. I mean, that, that frequency controls the overall frequency of anything that's running into that box. Even if it's just like, I am running a furry burrito into my light machine from the end and I'm not using control voltage in cause it's not going to do any, it's not doing anything for that. And then, and it will always control whatever, it's getting and it's getting two LFOs that are turned on right now because the Elida has two LFOs and it's controlling. If I have it set at 12 o'clock, both LFOs are going to be at that same pitch, maybe at different rates and at different depths. One's more intense than the other. And then you add in a control voltage. You can add in another LFO to that control voltage. So, and they're set at three different rates. So you got three different things going on. The frequency is the master control of like what that frequency is, no matter how low or how high. Okay. So it's not, so control voltage isn't the, it's not the expression control of the synth world. Then like I was thinking it's a different, it's a different thing. Altogether. It just, it just basically the control voltage is like, it just basically, we're just going to save each other a bunch of time. Cause I figured, I figured this would be the best way to say it. <laughs> Just to say that there's like two LFOs in the light machine, which there are, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say we want to add another LFO with a CV out module or um, 
an envelope filter with a CV out module or a sequencer with a CV out oh. module. Basically, what you're basically doing is just adding another modulation into this the mix. So basically, that's we should, way we different should, than what I thought it was doing. <laughs> that's so that's, that's why I'm really different. thinking we we if we edit, we'll save no. people some time because there's going to be a lot of people. No. They're going to be forced their head to listen the to walls. this, just, just like I did. <laughs> just like, okay, listen, man, sometimes you have to take one for the team. There's, like a, good, I, there's a good chance that, that like you said exactly that, and I didn't understand. No, I didn't say exactly that, because the other people that are listening are going to be like, he didn't say exactly that. Jesus okay. Christ, this guy <laughs> makes pedals? Sorry, I swore, but pardon me. <laughs> yes, um, did I say it was Wednesday? Yeah, you did. You mentioned it was Wednesday. Yeah, that's I get it now, dead. though. It's uh, essentially it's like adding another effect. It's a, it. actually another Instead. effect, but it's only a control voltage type effect. I can't like take my right. Boss TR2 Tremolo and like let it whatever and run it in. I mean, I'm not saying I haven't tried it, but theoretically it should. <laughs> right. Okay. That makes that makes a lot more sense now. I understand. I that is not what I thought control voltage did at all. I thought it was basically a way a different way to externally control another control on the pedal oh 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 see now i understand what you're saying oh oh yeah oh no 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 no. i thought it was like an expression like like how an expression control is basically an external control for an internal no 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 oh yeah okay all right no, 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 that's not that at all. Now I understand what you, what you were getting at. I was, wow, we really just, wow. We, 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 <laughs> we knocked that one out of the park, Blake. I'm telling you what, baby. I, I so told like you, another, I had to so get So like another three years before I'm, another three years before I get my fourth spot on the show. <laughs> After that one, it's like, that one just took a lot out of me. We can't do this one for a, we can't do one for a while. Yeah, we're gonna have to sit this one out for a while. Yeah, we're gonna have to sit. We're gonna have to. We're have to sit the next one out for a while. I don't want to run around. There's probably a bunch of listeners who are like Blake. You're an idiot. No, I think a lot that? of people are probably like Ryan. You're an idiot. I think. How about we just both sit down as idiots, and then we can probably sort this out. Okay. I mean, that seems to be what just what everybody does these days. <sighs> no problem. <Boy>, <laughs> I well, okay. I we think we don't if, have to go there. And, well, because I are we does that relate into the political realm? Then probably not. I, don't, I mean, if you are, want it to. Oh, is there something else going on that I'm not aware of? Because I'm not aware of gossip and all this kind of stuff and related in the pedal world. Oh no, there... I was just I was I was just being a jerk. That's all it was. Oh okay, no, I think clearly there's something going on that I don't know about. But um, that's fine. Well, there is uh, something going on that's kind of interesting that you might find interesting. If really? Did something happen? It. Not yet, but there you are probably familiar with a certain company that uh, supplied, quote unquote, supplied gear. Um, but they didn't. They just they, they 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 took a bunch of people's money and never delivered things. Not never, but at the end of the business, they were not delivering uh, product. Remember um, this? Gosh, um, this was like supplying- I know it's happened more than once. Are you talking supplying like gear or are you are supplying parts? It was a subscription service. Oh yeah, that for... yeah, yeah. No, I know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um they apparently there's there they posted something not on any social or anything, but 
on their website, which was just gone for a while, they posted something that's that that was very cryptic and weird where they had the a picture of their strings with the name crossed out like and then it said some like something to the effect of something coming eleven one eighteen, and this that might actually I'm not sure if this will come out before or after that date. I'll have to look at the calendar, but um, oh it, wow, it's like a really okay. kind of a controversial thing in the in the gear world. Well, um, I, I would think so because obvious, obvious reasons. I'm familiar with um, a former employee. I'm friends with a former employee. Um, oh, and, and, um, I don't know if I can, I don't know. I don't want to drop any names. I just, but I, but I, I just hadn't heard. I knew that they just kind of, all of a sudden they stopped and fell off. And then I started hearing that, and I was like, oh, well, apparently something happened, you know? And then, um, then I started hearing that like they weren't delivered, they had not delivered what they should have been delivering, which was, they were delivering nothing. And I, yeah. And then, yeah. And so then I was just like, well, that's not cool. And, um, and now they're back, which I'm not really sure how that will work out. I, I, for, for the listeners, is it the same person? Is it the same person that, is it the same owner? We don't know, but I can only assume. Yeah. Um, it, it it I I don't know it. The whole thing doesn't make any sense, and it might not be. It might be completely unrelated. It might be new people. It might be any number of things. Who knows what it is? I don't know why any, uh, a new person weird. would want to take that on, especially with the things that had already transpired with that, which is unfortunate. I I wouldn't. I don't understand it either. But you know, TMG made it work. They had about as backwards of a business as they, as it could be, and the new owner seems to have successfully righted that ship, which I didn't really even know if it was possible at this point. Who's TMG again? Uh, TMG Guitars. Oh, um, I'm not familiar with them. I don't want to like resurrect all these horror stories. <laughs> that wasn't my intention. No, no, no. Like, no. Uh, it's just, but like they were kind of in the same boat. Like things were not what they were back. In, this is a long time ago. They've been, as far as I know straight and clean for uh for years now well no, back we, in the day they were yeah they were they they had some they had some things i don't want to beat a dead horse but basically the guitars weren't what they said they were and mm. um they were they were again taking money and not delivering product kind of the same situation um but with guitars and then the original owner you know who knows what happened it was taken over by a new guy and it's and I was like, I can't believe that you would want to take that on. But he did it. And it seems like they're doing pretty good and have been, you know, more transparent and and been a well, good I company mean, for a while now. If it is new ownership, what I can tell. they'll have to make sure that they highlight that. Um, I think the person, the friend that I'm talking about is somebody that, you know. Um, oh, OK. Um, yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to know him. Okay, well, maybe we do, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to get all conspiracy and gossipy and stuff. I just, I, yeah, I didn't know that they. I hadn't heard why. So that has that's been like the big news of like the the latest rumblings of like what people are kind of like, what the heck's going on with this? Yeah, it's definitely been a big chin scratcher. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I'm guessing if you listen to the show, you probably know. 
Uh, but but have you guys, not, you have you guys some... talked about this company before on your show? Uh, here and there, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so if you can do a little bit of Googling about string subscription services, and you'll probably figure it out really quick. Yeah. I just don't want to be... I just don't want to be a super big jerk, and you know what I mean. Hint, um, it's I probably not, shouldn't have brought it up. Hint, it's not Stringjoy, because they're great. <laughs> no, no, that's definitely not a problem over there. No, he's at all. but he's also great though. I because he was right across from me at Summer Nam, so I know it's not him. And he's a great guy. He lives in East Nashville. He's a really rad dude. He's always been very friendly, and we've gotten along just fine. And I've never heard anything bad about anything he's done i'm like it's no nothing no and that's not like like he does that but that's not his main focus either it's what else uh, does he do he does i mean no no no. string joy is his main focus but uh like he does but subscriptions are not his main focus no 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 no. he was never it was never that was that's what i'm saying so but like yeah the other places the subscriptions fantastic i talked oh i know i I talked to scott all, all the time like all like all the time we work together on a lot of stuff so oh do you really he's good yeah oh yeah he's my boy he's my boy he's the good man dude. he's oh so you guys got to hang out when you went to nashville right after the nam show exactly yeah exactly we were down there uh you know i was checking out the new shop and you know all that stuff and it was fascinating to like see all that in action it was really cool yeah he was uh he actually found out when i was living when i was talking to him uh, last summer that um he actually lived in indianapolis and he was while i was there which not to date me ladies and gentlemen um that um he was actually living there when i was living there although i was older i think he was (laughs) i'm sure i was older because i'm still older than he is so um but yeah like he was like yeah i lived in indy so we talk about like places and stuff like that and so that was pretty funny i was like yeah i was living there for a while we probably like probably crossed paths and didn't even know it because you know i was a young adult and you weren't so (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah um yeah scott's scott's great i i I like him a lot yeah he's a good guy so like um you have this thing with pizza you have this love affair with pizza pizza is like your pizza is like your thing like when it comes to food like the thing you talk about the most is pizza. Now I'm interviewing you. And okay, that's fine. That's okay. There's going to be a control voltage question in there. And um, <laughs> so, just <laughs> kidding. Um, so where did you end up? I forgot. Where did you end up getting pizza when you were in Nashville? Um. Oh, man. Why can't I think of the name of it? Mm-hmm. We definitely got pizza. And the my brain has completely failed, and I don't remember what it was called, but it was good. Okay, so like, um, are you the type it person? It was in East Nashville. Was it Five Points Pizza? Um, that, was that right, or was it something else? That sounds right. I think it was Five Points Pizza. So, do that you like sounds, the thin crust, right. or do you have to have the more deep dish type crust guy? Yes. You love the deep dish. No. Yes, I like them both. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. I I prefer mo- like if I'm ordering a pizza, I prefer a thin uh, New York style or maybe like a um, like an Italian wood fired type of situation. I generally prefer thin. However, I think there's a time and place for a little thicker crust, especially if you are getting uh, somewhere that is very topping heavy and you need that extra support. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can see the, the a time and place for some of that stuff. Um, I I generally though I I prefer thin crust pizzas. I I really like New York style pizzas. Um, I was very I'll admit it. I was very very skeptical when I first went to New York City. I was like, you know what? I see. I hear everyone talk about the pizza. Right. I look at the pizza in the pictures. It looks good, but you know what? It looks like pizza. Like what? How can it be? You know, right. this thing. So I was like, I don't know about this, but we'll give it a try. Right. And I had obviously a lot of pizza while I was there. And I was like, oh, is that I all you was ate? Gone. Was pizza in um, Nashville? Oh, in New York. In New York. Yeah, in New York. Uh, I had a lot of pizza. It's not all I ate, but it's it was the main thing consumed because obviously I got to know. Right. And so well, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm I'm now a believer. I wasn't a believer, and I I turned into one. Now I'm like, oh, I get it now. I I really do. You got to go to the so, obviously. I have never had pizza at a reputable place. Well, there was one time I got order out pizza when we had a bad lay- layover years and years ago at JFK when we had to stay at a hotel. Mm-hmm. But like, it wouldn't. I I don't know if it was good or bad. I was so damn hungry, it didn't matter. Do you know what I mean? It just didn't matter at that point. But like. Yeah. I, but you can just make sure you go to the right spots in New York. That's all, you know. Oh yeah, everybody can go oh, yeah. to like you can get New York pizza, pizza, and you can get pizza in New York anywhere. But like you know, you just got to make sure like you're hitting hitting the places. Like because I that's when I remember you posted on um, Instagram like or somewhere or maybe it was Facebook or the Tone Mob um, forum on Facebook page. We're like, you know, we're going to Nashville. What, what would you recommend? And I recommended City House because it's a thin crust pizza and it's the, you know, the serious oven and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it was really, really good. I had the pork underbelly or the pork belly, I should say. And it had like a fried egg in the middle of it. It was so That sounds good. delightful. It was great. And the only reason I know about um city house is because i am and still a huge anthony bourdain fan and he did a nashville episode and that's where they went and of course i saw that episode right after he passed so i was like i am going to go to that place so that's awesome i don't know i need I mean, to go there next time you need you do need to it's 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 great um i had a great experience there it's a great Great little restaurant, really hard to find apparently because they don't have like a visible sign outside. But I guess they don't need one because it was packed. If you know, then you know. If I you guess. know, then you know. Right. I mean, you know. But it was, it was, um, yeah. That was a hard one. It's just like it seems like celebrity passings in the last couple of years have gotten to be a little bit more of like gut punch after gut punch, and like that was another one. It's it's a strange thing, right? Like, um, you know, uh, maybe it's because we're a little bit older, but I remember when I was a kid and like I'd see certain celebrities that would have passed and and like adults were like visibly upset about it. I'm like, you don't know that guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, you know, some guy. But it's like what 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 you didn't what I didn't realize as a kid is like these people, they don't know like we don't know them, know them, but they're like become like when you become a fan of somebody, they become a part of your life. 
But yeah, like, and it's well, it's yeah, also you know, it's like, like a, when you see a show like that or any show that you're fond of or any kind of music that you're a fan of, um, knowing that they're around making music or doing what they do, and there's something about that that makes you able to escape your regular day of whatever's going on in your life. Like there was something about, you know, especially for instance, in the Bourdain situation, like between no reservations, the layover and parts unknown, like there is so much of that show that introduced me to food that I didn't even know existed. Do you know what I mean? And he just, he didn't just do it in a way where like, you know, he did it in a way that took you on a journey to see like what other parts, what he sees. And he didn't do it in a way that was like overproduced or like he just, he did it his, he did it his own way. And he wanted to make sure it was like the most, you know, just like, um, I don't know if you saw that Joe Rogan podcast with one of the producers. Was it a producer that was uh, one of Anthony Bourdain's producer on Parts Unknown? It was, came out I, like I what? don't think I've seen that. It was like two months ago or whatever in the last two months. And they talked about it and just, you know, it just, you know, when you see, I guess you would never expect it from somebody like him because he always kind of seemed like bulletproof, bulletproof, full of life and just clearly loves what he did, you know? So who knows? Well, it's a, um, it's, it's a good reminder to, to, to think about these things, right? Because it's a, that guy clearly like had a good thing going he had he lived more life than most people ever do and had a great time doing it and loved doing it. That much is like clear. Like you could tell he wasn't phoning it in or anything. No, he could tell he even was he, definitely for real. Yeah. But even he like had like meant that's like if people didn't believe it before and I don't know how you couldn't in 2018, but mental illness is a real thing. And if if that guy could could, could succumb to something like that, then yeah. you got to think like could be how any powerful that must be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can always, you always see what you see on the surface. You never really know what's going on in somebody's mind, you know? And it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing, but yeah, if you, all that to say is like, if you see somebody struggling, uh, or you yourself are struggling, then definitely don't just sit there and, and deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like don't, don't let that eat at you because like if that, if it can happen to that guy, it can happen to any of us. Right. absolutely absolutely and i'm sorry we got into just a kind of like a down note so i just wanted to that's not really a down note though that's a good thing like sometimes sometimes people just need to hear that again sometimes people need to hope so but i I just don't want it to you know to be with people that hear it be like here we go you know it's not really so much about those aren't the ones i'm sorry those people aren't the ones that need to hear it there might be somebody listening to this that does need to hear it and that's that's for you you know what I mean? I think that's important to me. It's become really important to me in the last probably year um, to stop seeing people kick each other down and to stop seeing this this horrible divide that we have. Uh, doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't even matter if you're on the Internet or not. Like just the way certain some people it's easy to demonize people. It's easy to tell people yes, that is. they're wrong and bad and whatever. But yes, at the is. at the end of the day. Most people really do want like they want what's best and their idea of what's best is different than what my idea of what's best is. But I need to like check myself and not and not be like, well, that guy's 
that guy's an idiot and a horrible person because he disagrees with me. That's not the way we're supposed to be. No, it's it's not the way we're supposed to be. If I don't agree with somebody, that's fine. If we can, if, as long as you can like disagree with somebody in a very like polite, professional kind of way. And and to I be think ugly and to like trash people, whatever side of the aisle that you live on, is totally just. It doesn't help. It just doesn't help, man. Like, we're all in this together. And one of these days, I hope we figure it out before something awful happens. And, like, hasn't there been enough awful things happen already? I mean, honestly. I mean, Jesus. I, Yeah, let's not compound the problem. Yeah, really. That's. I mean, really. Yeah. I just try to keep my head down and do what I do, you know. And exactly try not to let that the outside noise of how people talk to each other um, bother me. And um, I think it's important that um, we all are as nice as we can be. Like we all have our limits. I'm like, you know, if you see somebody, if you're on the street and you see somebody totally being doing something that's completely uncool, then, you know, for all me, by all means speak up, but there's also a way to do it. You don't just, you know, go in there guns blazing, no pun intended, hopefully for crying out loud. Cause that's not cool. <laughs> no, but like, and that's, you know. well, that's kind of what I'm, that's what I'm thinking is like, is like, we, we need to remember that like that when we're commuting, communicating with each other via these interwebs and via these things, which is a wonderful thing. I think like oh, the, the, the way we can communicate is super important and super great. But I think we need to remember that, that um, we're accountable for what we say both like you should be just as careful with your words on the internet as you are. Oh my God. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, you would really love about being so fortunate to be able to, to build pedals and to know that there's people that like my stuff and be able to do podcasts like this, which I don't do enough podcasts. So that's kind of my fault, but I love being part of this community and knowing people like you and just countless others that I've met in the last, like in the short time that I've been doing this, like four or five years that like, I really feel, I don't really feel that like stuff that you feel that when you see stuff in other places or on the, on the web, do you know what I mean? I feel like there's just like this common respect and bond and like, you know, and I just, I'm so fortunate. It's just, it's almost kind of like, it's, it's, it's just, it's like a safe place, but it's a large safe place, which is, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, it does. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm like not trying to be all doom and gloom. Uh, I'm trying no. to like end it on a, on a positive note, but you're right. We got a, we got a good thing going and let's keep it that way. Yeah. And it's everybody be nice and everybody just like, you know, if we just sit, like sit down and just play some music or listen to music and just figure it out and put it all together and know that there's really great people like Blake Wyland out there that, uh, I'm oh, the- there's a lot better people than me. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, come on, man. I know I don't know you I mean, as I'm well no, as I'm no, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm no, no Ryan McKay. Well, I'm no Dalai Lama, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no Blake Wyland. Forget about it. <laughs>
But, you know, I mean, it's just, but see, that's the thing. Is it like, it's always like, no, you're great. No, you're great, man. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, the door always swings both ways, which is very, very wonderful to be a part of. So. True story. True, True story. story. True story. And I wish the thing is, is that like, you know, I wish a lot of us all lived closer so we could all see each other more often, but it's just like, cause then like, it was this winter Nam. I met you for the first time in person and it was like, running here and there and blah, 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 got to do this and whatever. Cause I totally get it. Cause I'm doing the same thing. And just like, you know, you don't really have more than a couple moments. And there was that night we went out to dinner at that brew pub next to, I don't know where that yeah, was. With the guitar nerds guys, yeah. with the guitar nerds guys who were great. I didn't really get a chance to have a real conversation with, which I just feel bad about. And then you, and then Burke was there, Ryan Burke from 60 cycle. And I think, does he still have his, his, I think his partner was there too. His partner in crime at 60 cycles. Uh, uh, Steve was Steve. Steve? Yeah. I don't, I don't think Steve was there yet. Steve wasn't there yet. Is Steve still a part of he 60 was cycle? Of... Oh, totally. Is he just more yeah. behind the scenes? Cause I don't really see Every time I see a video, it's always Ryan. Well, the videos is primarily Ryan, but Steve is the co-host on all the podcasts. Do they still, are they, do they, you gotta, do, you've do, been behind the, you've been behind the times, man. I, oh, I have. Like I said, I'm just, you know, lots going on here, obviously. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, no. Steve's definitely still involved. Ryan does. I think, you know, the do they have guests of... on their podcast or is their podcast just them talking? They have had guests, but primarily it's just them two. Uh, that's kind of what I thought. Um, yeah, they don't do they don't do a ton of guests, but they have done it in the past. Yeah. Can you make can I make you can we make each other a promise? Uh, maybe the next time, which I'm not even <laughs> sure. Maybe depends on what you're talking about, baby. What's on the table? Um, the next time that I come to Portland, which I have no idea when that will be, either, and it doesn't even. We don't even have to do like a live podcast recorded. Just, so just I would love more than anything to just go out and have a meal with you. It doesn't even have to be us. It can be like with just like whatever. And gosh, um, Leon and Justin, because I mean, I met Justin in winter at Winter Nam, and he was he was he was he was at that dinner too, and he was great. I would just love to just totally. get together with you guys, even if I have to like make make and just go out there just because, just so I can do that. If if you know the budget <laughs> fits, it would to me it would be worth it. I would just like that would be just the best. Because I love Portland. Well, there, I found, speaking of pizza, and this is a good place to lead off, and I've probably already talked about this on the show a few times, but I finally found a really, like, legit slice shop here that I'm just obsessed with right now. Really? A slice? Just yeah. a slice shop just by the slice? Yeah, by the slice New York style. Oh. Yeah, it's called Scotty Slice Shop, and it is really, 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 really good. Are they downtown? So, uh, They're on the east side. Um, right on. Kind of close, sort of close to the Benson shop, actually. So, um, oh, I met him too. He's great. He's such a sweetheart. Gosh. Oh, totally. In fact, I can't remember. I'll have to look. He might be on the episode that's just before this. I'll have to check the schedule because I got he's he's come back on. He was like my first. He was like my second interview ever. Um, and so we we did another one because things have really changed for both of us. Uh, since then. Mm. Yeah, he's just his answer unreal. He's just a super great human being. Just from the limited conversation I had with him at 
last summer, this past summer. I wanted him to come by the booth, and then when he would come by, he would kind of be like, oh, you're busy. And I was like, eh, we just never made it work, but whatever. It's fine. It happens. It does. It happens. Well, let's wrap this up. All right, got a let's little wrap over it an up. hour. We went but on. Before, yep. before, before we do the, that, though, uh, where can everybody find you on the interwebs? Uh, at Yellow Cake Petals on Instagram. Um, just search Yellow Cake Petals on Facebook. And if you need to get a hold of me, um uh through email ryan at yellowcakepedals.com or the website yellowcakepedals.com oh oh oh! don't forget quick plug uh limited run of furry burrito in the orange box was posted today or yesterday actually so by the time this comes out there should still be hopefully some left in stock maybe i don't know all right all right sounds good thank you so much Blake, right, for your time man i appreciate you oh thank you sir thank you All right, everybody, for Ryan, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. There you have it. There's another episode in the bank. Ka-ching. We're chugging right along on our way to episode 100. And I'm kind of excited about that. I think that's kind kind of a crazy thing to even be saying. But we're almost there. So thank you to everybody who has stuck with this weird thing for this long it is just uh awesome of you to do that and again um we have a couple model ones left so if you still want to get in on that fuzzy action we have a few of those left at tonemob.com store and you can check out the demos we got three different demos up uh this is the germanium edition and i think we're done with them at this point we've just got too many other irons in the fire to try to Try to do another run of those. Uh, in fact, we got a rather awesome one coming up next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's spooky. But yeah, the Model 1s, still got some of those left. If you guys are interested in picking one of those up, go to ToneMob.com store. You can check out. We got three different demos done that are all really good and show off the wide range of sounds that are available in this thing. And thank you to everyone who's already picked one up and uh, are rocking it i hear that one of my favorite bands is going to be using it on a record i'm so excited um but i don't want to speak too soon because i don't know if that's going to happen or not anyway uh thanks for listening i'll talk to you next week and i hope you have a great one one last thing before we totally sign off here i just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. 
Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.